Welcome to Rookie Designer, episode 162. My name is Jake Van S from Graphic Precision, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl, from Holy Carp Design. How you doing, Carl? Uh, good morning, Jake. Pretty well. How are you doing? Good, good. So you've been busy? Yeah, quite a bit. I'm traveling this weekend, so I've been trying to cram in enough work to feel good about going away for a bit. You sure where you're going? I'm just going to the White Mountains. It's it's uh, for a remembrance service, actually. So, oh. be good to get away for a little while. Yeah, it will absolutely. But Monday, it's right back to it. Oh yeah, yep. Of course it is. Yeah, it's been busy here too. I've got a bunch of different projects going on. I had one that was just hanging over my head that I could not get. It was more I couldn't get the final product produced, and I finally found somebody that could produce the final product and i've got the second part of that to do this afternoon hopefully that will be settled because it's nothing like having that do the first week of june and realizing that you don't have the manufacturers yet and we're in the middle of may so hopefully that'll be dealt with by the end of today there's something to be said about wrapping up a project and i wrapped up two really large ones this week and it feels good to get the feedback from your clients to you know ask them to leave you a review on facebook and just to hear what their words are once you're done it's great well yeah and that's something i think it's really important to do when you're done a project is to ask for that feedback and that's something we ought to talk about in another episode but let's jump into design news So I wanted to talk about something that I thought was kind of interesting. And obviously, AI, machine learning, deep learning, computers taking over the world, machines killing us all. That's a big topic that's been going on a lot. And it's bleeding into the design industry as well. And what I found is this company called iQuint is an company that has been doing research on banner ads and uh, the creative part of banner ads and how effective those banner ads are and what they can do to fix the fact that they aren't always effective. Um, For example, in 2014, the digital advertising industry was rocked by the revelation that 56% of ads, these are online ads, aren't even viewable, meaning that while the ads are there technically, and they're served, they're not on the screen long enough or the person isn't looking at them long enough to really even get noticed. And we all know that, first of all, we all hate banner ads. There's blocking software out there. That's a whole issue. But also a bad ad is less noticeable than one that's designed well. So what they've done is through research with like eye tracking and stuff like that, which people have been doing for a while for websites and and heat maps and things like that, they've actually started putting information into computer databases to figure out when an ad is served, how noticeable it is. And they've come up with a scoring system out of 100 as to how effective an ad is. So for example, on their their site, which I'll have the link in the show notes, that show four different ads for cars. And then from left to right, basically the left one is the best looking ad, the best noticed ad and the machine the ai predicted that it would have a higher score than the one on the right which is literally like a white box with a bunch of text and a little red car so 
the really nice looking ad got a score of 76 and the really bad ad got a score of 39. The AI was 85% right in its prediction when they did a study with 500 real people using eye tracking and online panel research. 85% correct. That's crazy to think that a machine can look at a design and predict how effective that design is going to be. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. And it also does raise a couple questions for me. Um, if target audience actually reacts differently to these ads, and also if they're able to assess our ads, how far are we from them designing our ads automatically? There, well, there's another article that I read that was talking about AI designing websites for people. So I don't think we're... I don't think it's going to happen soon, but I don't think we're as far away from as we really hope we are from something like that. But it's it's an interesting article. I would definitely recommend reading it and, and also look into the company and see what else they're doing. It is interesting how they're using this. And they're not saying that we're going to re replace creatives. They're actually saying this is a tool to help creatives and help marketers realize that they can't just expect a creative to know exactly what's going to work they can use this machine learning this ai to help a creative help the marketer develop something that's better so i think it is a really cool thing but i think you're right i think it does cause some eyebrow raising and saying okay how long until ads are developed on the fly for somebody like minority report when you're walking down the street and it scans your eye and it knows who you are and what you want and it shows you the ad for that how far until that happens so it it was interesting so i'll, I'll put that in the show notes show notes can be found at rookiedesigner.com slash rd162 for episode 162 and you had a, a bit of design news you wanted to share as well Sure. This one's kind of top of mind because I'm working on a local tavern's logo right now and I'm just trying to find out these hooks to make a good logo design. And uh, it came up that Best Buy changed their logo. And uh, this new logo is a similar treatment with a nice weighty font and they still have that yellow tag. And it got me thinking of logo design and wondering... Why do they keep that tag there? They haven't used it. They don't use yellow tags in any of their product. Maybe they should. Um, they're talking about Best Buys, and I'm not sure if yellow tags used to mean, you know, this was a, a great purchase, a great price, but um, I saw this logo, and I'm like, hmm, what do I need to... What kept them uh or made them decide to keep that yellow tag what made them to decide to change the font a little bit um you know it's all of these ideas in logo design are top of mind and i i thought this logo thing was kind of interesting yeah i i, I saw a lot of complaints about the font choice and how uneven the spacing seemed that's tough because I think a lot of that has to do with the letters in the actual word by. When you have a U and a Y next to each other, that's a tough spacing to figure out. The Bs didn't really change all that much. They did a little bit. It, it's basically what it did is it took the tag and it kind of made, like we were talking about earlier, the tag secondary. Right. It is and, kind of minimized. And, and they're still focusing on the blue which is the blue shirts guys and that that 
kind of makes sense, and I still see that. Um, in the article, they said that this is the first time that they've actually updated their logo in three decades. However, that's not necessarily true, because in 2008, they tried to replace the logo, and it completely failed. And they actually went back to the old logo. So Tropicana had that issue, too. Yeah, and, and I, I think it does happen. And I, and I always wonder, how does a big company that makes millions of dollars screw that up? And a lot of that is they just, first of all, the public is harsh. The public is just going to tear it apart in a few seconds anyway, especially the creative public. Creative public's going to look at a new logo and they're going to find everything wrong with it. That's That's why that happens. But I think it's interesting when the general public on top of that has a problem with it. I, it doesn't sound like they have that problem this time. I think it's just an interesting choice to still have the tag in there, but yet make it a very minimized look. Um, they did say in the article that I'm reading on uh, Under Consideration, which is a great site if you want to see local comparisons and stuff. It's an awesome site. It says, our new... Marketing strategy, which launched May 9th, celebrates our new rallying cry, let's talk about what's possible. It tells the story of our blue shirts and how we as a company aim to ins- aim at inspiring friends. Let me read that again. As a company, aim to be an inspiring friend who helps customers understand what they want to do and how tech can help them achieve great new things. The creative elements of the refreshed branding include updated Best Buy logo, a new look and feel, which updates colors. They've updated the photography, the con- conversational language, and it all designed to highlight our culture, our expertise, and our talented employees. So it sounds to me like they, it's it's they're not focusing on the products as much anymore. They're, which is what you would think with a tag. They're now focusing on the individuals that sell these products to you. Kind of an interesting move. I like the human element. I like that they are approaching this um, not just as a new look, but they're kind of looking at a more comprehensive definition of brand, which is something we need to think about as designers. Um, It's the language they use. It's the photography. It's how they present themselves. Um, And they are going to be doing some radical changes within the stores, too, I think they're getting rid of either cds or dvds Uh, something was announced like that a a while back um yeah that kind of makes sense and you know that they have these warehouse size stores i'm wondering if they're going to kind of change how their footprint is too in these stores i I thought yeah and i thought it was interesting in the article it said that 75 percent of the population lives within i think they said 15 minutes of a best buy that's crazy. That's pretty good. That's yeah. good market saturation. The other thing I thought was interesting, going back to what you were saying about branding as a whole, they've shot a lot of their commercials in black and white, except for the blue colored shirts. So I thought that was an interesting tie-in to what you're talking about with branding and culture. Yeah. Um, they're really just enhancing the idea of being there to serve their, their clients um and hopefully you know the pricing kind of follows because that's in the name this is the best place to buy right so yeah yeah all right so 
That will also be in the show notes. Again, you can find the show notes at rookiedesigner.com slash rd162. So we'll have both of those news elements for you guys to check out. So what is our main topic this week, Carl? So this one kind of hit me today when I was reading uh, Spark and Hustle over some coffee. Um, Tori Johnson asks, um, finding your why for your business. Um, a lot of businesses, larger businesses, um, have a mission, they have values, but when you are the business that you're trying to represent, you need to ask yourself, why, why am I doing this? Um, so, you know, there's, uh, pursuing money or finding a passion or being your own boss. These are all reasons, but there could be a more deeper seated reason to why we run our own business. I've recently addressed this um actually back in november when i launched my own business i had a conversation this morning with uh another person and i kind of realized why i did it what launched me forward what i was looking for and um i never actually gave pause i just i thought through it um you know i, I thought financially this is going to be good for me but I took a lot of risk and you know, it's been great so far. So, um, so that brings up the question. What, what did you figure out was your why or is your why? Well, the thing that propelled me forward was understanding that, um, there were a few things. There was a convergence of projects that the end product was a little too theoretical. It was something that I really didn't have interest in pursuing because I didn't see the inherent value in it. Now I understand why we wanted to look into it when I was at that point being an employee for uh, the client, but I just inherently in myself, I couldn't see the why behind doing this particular project. So that was one of the, you know, the, the choice points I was doing work that I didn't see the value of. I didn't really appreciate it. Um, okay. I also was doing um, work with a variety of people, but it was kind of the same. It felt like I had been treading water for four years. Um, I had learned as much as I could in this one environment, and I wasn't bettering my skills, which I see as the death of a designer if, if you're not always bettering yourself. Um, so the, there's that. I'm always trying to learn. I'm trying to transfer. And that gets a little deeper into my why. I actually captured some notes right in the book. Um, I wanted a variety of work. I wanted creativity across a variety of industries. And I also want to help service other people, my clients, to help them flourish. Uh, whether it be uh, the work that we do or helping doing some knowledge transfer. Because as you know, I like to teach a bit. So... You know, the, the, these are my whys. Um, it wasn't really all financial. Um, I had a good opportunity, so I took the leap. But there was also these kind of undercurrents that are more my why. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's something that I think is important to think about as you're doing business. It's also something to think about before you make the leap in starting your own business. Too late. Yeah, well, yeah, I realize that. It, it Sometimes it can be. Sometimes you kind of get a nice uh, swift kick in the butt, and you're kind of on your own doing it, and then you're like, okay, why am I doing this? 
Um, if you were to do it the more sensible way, maybe you should think about your why first and make sure that that's why you really should be doing your own business. For me personally, I realized a couple things when I was working for somebody else. I missed the creative part. I had ended up running a pre-press department and got myself into more management role. And while the money was nice and the responsibility is not so much, but I, did, I just wasn't doing the creative. I was spending more time managing people, managing the process, making sure that we hit deadlines, making sure that we got the products out the door. And I, and I wasn't doing anything creative. And then I also realized that same thing, like I wasn't advancing my skills. I was, or, I, or if I was, I was advancing my skills in an area that I didn't necessarily think was where I wanted myself to go. I, I was getting more management experience. I was learning how to manage people. I was learning how to maybe do a little bit better project management. So that, that was good, but that wasn't the type of stuff that I was really, really interested in advancing. I wanted to be more creative. So a big part of my why was I was losing my creativity and I was losing the ability to hone in on that and advance those skills. The other thing is I never wanted somebody else to have that kind of control over my lifestyle. I didn't want somebody else to have that kind of control over whether I could pay my bills, whether I could eat, whether I could afford my rent. I wanted that control. So I decided that the only way I was going to truly have that control was to work for myself. So number one was I wasn't going to lose my creativity. Number two was I wasn't going to let somebody else control my livelihood and my lifestyle. Number three was kind of the same thing you're talking about where I loved helping my clients flourish. And that's where I've even transitioned a bit in the last six months where I've always been a print designer. I continue to be a print designer and I continue to work on print marketing. But I realized that I could sit down with clients and talk to them about why we were developing a print marketing plan and what their target is and what their end, what their goal was or what problem we were trying to solve with that print marketing and so I've realized I really enjoy that part of it. I enjoy the brainstorming. I enjoy the getting to know the customer, getting to know their business, and really helping them strive and help them get bigger, help them get more clients. And, and I have a great satisfaction when I have somebody come to me and say, hey, you know, I need more employees because I'm so busy because of what you did for marketing. Or... I had two jobs for next week and now I've got five because of what you did with my marketing. That is a huge satisfaction of mine. And as you can hear, yes, the money for the, the I didn't want somebody to control my income, but you and I both know that we don't do this for money. No. Designers can make good money, but you really don't go in to designing to make a ton of money unless you eventually say, okay, I'm going to open up a agency and I'm going to have these huge clients. Most people at our level of being a designer don't do that. They do it because they have a passion for being creative. They have a passion for helping people and they have a passion for being crazy and working for themselves. 
And, and it's that too, where it's finding your passion and what you really love to do and figure out how to make that your work. And I think that's part, I haven't read that book, but I think I listened to an interview. I think Gary Vaynerchuk actually interviewed the gentleman that wrote the book. And, and he talked about that, that a lot of it is that spark is finding your passion that you really want to pursue. Because if you do, it's a lot easier to work really, really hard on that. Yeah. So I think it, it is important to find that why and really think about what that why is. And that why can evolve over time too. I mean, our life changes. And if you have a family, maybe you just do your why is to be available to them more. Maybe you left a job because you wanted to work from home more. Um, there was a LinkedIn post today about someone who turned down um, a counter offer to a job when they offered her $15,000 more. And she said no, because they were adamant that she had to be in the office five days a week. And she only wanted to work from home two days a week to be there for her kids. And she's like, it's not about the money. It's about flexibility. And she also said, why weren't you paying me that much when I worked for you? Yeah, that's a good point. The commentary also was interesting in the people following up. Um, Counter offers should always be declined regardless. So, (laughs) Um, go ahead. Yeah, I think that is interesting because I think that's something that a lot of people are, are finding now is that they can find a passion, they can develop a business, and they can have that freedom as well. And so, yeah, I could see where somebody was like, hey, you know, it's not worth the extra money to lose the time with my family because you can't get that back. It's funny. You mentioned passion. The first chapter is all about finding your why. The second chapter is using your passion as your spark for the spark and hustle. So, yes, uh, passion's another thing to uh, think about as well. Where Where is your passion? And it doesn't have to be currently what you're doing. It could be something you want to work towards. Just realize it takes more time to do. And I think you're right. I think that the why and passion and any of this can evolve as you're doing business. And I know that I've seen that myself, that I I knew I kind of liked to travel. But the more I traveled, the more I realized that that needed to be a why as well. Like, why do I want to work for myself so that I can work from anywhere? And that's the type of business I have is that I don't have to be going to an office working nine to five. And I don't necessarily have to be face to face with my clients either. So it's it's something that that was a big thing for me that's kind of developed as I've done my business that I want to be able to travel more. So that's another why. I think something that people ought to do and maybe some of the listeners can actually do this and then share with us what they come up with make a list of what your whys are come up with three come up with five whys and really look at those and think deeply about how effective those are in giving you the drive giving you the hustle to continue to do what you want to do you may find that you sit down and you have one why And it's not a strong one. And it's not good enough to make you motivated to drive you forward and give you that hustle. So maybe you need to take a step back and say, what truly are my whys? Your whys may not be 
I want to do this on my own full time and be a business owner. They may be, I want to be a creative, but I want to go work for somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that. But look at that. Look at what your whys are and make sure that those are in line with what you're doing. If they're not, then make the adjustments so that they become in line with what you're doing. And and you're a perfect example. I think you did that. Like you made that adjustment to you looked at what your whys were or are now and you said, okay, I need to make that adjustment to make sure that I'm being good to those whys and I'm being good to myself and I'm doing what I need to to make those whys happen. Right. And I'm I'm more passionate about what I do now than I was over the last probably two or three years because I'm learning again. I'm excited about the field again. I'm trying to get more deeply involved in what design is, where it's going, what it's going to become, um, and sharing my enthusiasm with others. Yeah, that's great. And that's, again, that's looking at your whys and finding out that, hey, I'm not happy. I'm frustrated. Because it's easy to get into that grind and just keep doing it day in and day out, get your paycheck or keep getting paid by your clients and not realize that you're kind of spiraling downward slowly. But Mm -hmm. if you are, take a minute, step back and make that list. So if you guys make that list and want to share it with us, you guys should come over to our Facebook page and that's um, facebook.com slash rookie designer. And you can actually share that stuff right on our page. I'll have a link to the show um, and you can put it right in the comments on that. So if you want to share that list with us, be really curious what some of your whys are because everybody has different ones. Some of them are going to be similar to each other, but it'd be curious to see what you guys have for whys. So I think that covers what we want to talk about when it comes to what our whys are for why we do business. Let's go into rookie recommendations. What is your recommendation this week? Uh, This week's another game. It's called Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards. Dual at Mount Skullfire. Skull's Fire. Um, So this Spell Wars game is uh, for two to six players, I think. Maybe maybe three to six players. You are each a wizard, which there are cards in there. And your goal is to kill the other wizards. And that's all done through a deck of cards. And... You're casting spells at one another, and it can affect the other people across the table, to your left, to your right. Each spell has a different effect, and each spell has a uh, different name. So it starts with the wizard that created the spell, uh, the spell's uh, intervening um, power, and then the final effect. Uh, And it's kind of... It's an awesome game. It's not for children. I've shown you some of the illustrations as to why. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And they just released a third set, and all the sets can be combined. Some introduce a a couple new elements to each, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and it's great for uh, party games for, you know, teenage adults. Cool. Teenagers to adults. Yeah. Very cool. I I like you bringing up these games, because it's been a while since I've bought some new games. So I'll have to check that out. And, And yes, the artwork was interesting to say the least, and the name of some of the stuff was interesting. So yes, it's definitely not for kids, but it looks really fun. This game was made by Cryptozoic Entertainment, created by Corey Jones, and art by Nick Edwards. Very cool. 
So we'll have a link to that so you guys can find it. My recommendation this week is Anchor.fm. And the reason I'm going to use that is, one, you can find our show there. So if you want to listen on that app, you can listen there. But two, if you have any interest in doing something like this, doing your own podcast, Anchor.fm is an awesome way to do it. It is so intuitive, it's so easy to use, and it's so much fun to publish to and to interact with people. One of the coolest things with it is the call-in feature. So somebody that's listening to the show can actually call in and give a response to you can ask questions and they can respond to a question or they can give you feedback on what your topic is. And it's really cool because right within the Acre FM app, you can actually feature that call in and respond to that call in right away. And you can record really short clips or like a case of what I do is I take the whole half hour to a 45 minute show and I upload it to Anchor FM. And so it's there for people to be able to listen to. Um, a lot of the big podcasters are using it almost as a secondary podcast because they'll do like headlines or they'll do short little snippets from the main show. And I, I haven't gotten into there. We're still putting the whole thing up there. Um, really, really good social sharing with the app. And one of the cool things is if you have a smaller segment, you can actually have text show up. So it almost looks like closed caption when you post it to somewhere like Facebook or Twitter or somewhere like that. That's kind of a cool feature because if somebody is not listening, they could still see what you're talking about. Um, interviewing, you can actually interview other Anchor.fm people right within the app, which I think is really cool. They're constantly coming up with new things to do with this app. So I, I'm actually really impressed with it. I want to try to find other ways we can use it for Rookie. But right now, you can find us there. Just look for Rookie Designer, and we'll pop up. I put the whole episode up there. It's just another place you can listen. So I think that's going to cover our recommendations for this week. We got our topic down. We did our design news. You got anything else? Nope, that's about it for me. Awesome. And remember, everyone's a Rookie before they're an all-star.